It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Before we start the show, we want to say thank you to all of our GIST Healthcare Daily listeners. We've been producing the show for just over a year now, and we've heard from some of you. But we'd like to learn a little bit more about you and what you want to hear the podcast cover. So we're asking you to complete a short five-question survey. Go to justhealthcare.com survey. It will take just a few minutes and would really help us out. And now for today's show. On today's episode of Just Healthcare Daily, we hear from David Gerard, CEO of Gerard Phillips Caton Hancock, about how the coronavirus is affecting trust in the medical community, whether consumers feel safe coming back to the doctor's office, and how people feel about getting a potential coronavirus vaccine. It's Tuesday, September 8th, and I'm Alex Olkin with Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review. It helps other listeners find the show. David Gerard is the president and CEO of Gerard Phillips Caton Hancock, a strategic communications consulting company that works with health systems. Gerard has been surveying the public about vaccine hesitancy, insurance status, and how safe they feel coming back into hospitals and other care settings. The most recent survey from August was just released, and it has some important findings, especially as the COVID-19 vaccine race heats up. David Gerard joins me now to talk about the survey and what some of the findings mean for health systems. So first, can you tell me about the survey and why Gerard is collecting this data and who you surveyed? So this is a national consumer survey of 1,000 adults across the U.S. matching the demographics uh, of the country. It was actually administered by our friends at Public Opinion Strategies. This is the second of two surveys that we've done. We did one in April, initially after the pandemic sort of hit, and we were all trying to understand how consumers were thinking about how they were going to access care. And since April, of course, we've gone through a time of crisis related to COVID to more of the marathon. We're, we're now recognizing this is not something that was going to peak and be over and back to life. We now recognize this is something we're going to live with for a while. And instead of being a, momentarily, a momentary event, it's going to be a long-term disruptor to the industry. And I know this is only a, a snapshot in August, but can you give me sort of the things you were maybe some a couple findings you were surprised about? I don't know if we were surprised or, or we found our, our gut confirmed. By a couple of things. One, we found that people were putting off care, putting off returning to care. And thinking about returning to care in six months or a year from now or or never again. 
And as we dug into that a little bit, we found that there's a great unease with their safety in a healthcare environment. We asked people on a scale of one to 10, how safe do you feel? Um, and the majority of people put it around a, like a five, 5.5, 5.8, depending on the environment. They feel safer in a doctor's office, less safe in an ER. Uh, and those numbers have not appreciably shifted since April. The information that's most interesting is the vaccination. From what we understand from the survey results and what we're hearing in the news, like you said, vaccines, 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 the CDC sent out guidance. So hospitals need to make a plan. Are you guys recommending that they make that plan quickly, whether that is they are mandating staff to get vaccinated, how they're going to communicate to the public? What are you trying to encourage hospital systems to make decisions about now? We are encouraging them to be ahead of the curve on vaccinations. No one can make a decision about a vaccine that doesn't exist yet. That you can't say yet whether we're going to advance and um, um, encourage the use of this vaccine or not, because you don't know. And nurses and physicians, they're evidence-based scientists. They want to see the evidence before they're going to take that step. And, and frankly, smart board members and CEOs and leadership teams are going to be in the same place. But what you can do is understand now how you're going to make that decision to have the the mechanics in place and the decision-making in place and the team in place. So when that vaccine comes down the line, you can say, here's how we're going to study it. Here's the evidence that we're going to look for. Here's the panel of physicians that we've assembled to review the information so that, um, so that when the media call or the nurse union asks, you have an answer not of what but how that will lead you to the what. So having that in line is the, is the strong advice we have for our clients right now. This is a difficult position for hospitals, right? They don't like to take sides politically. Um, I think in the past they've been able to uh, rely on the CDC, the FDA, maybe state health authorities. Uh, can you talk about how difficult a position this might be for hospitals to be the ones, uh, the tr most trusted ones in the community saying either, yes, I think this is a good idea or, or no, I don't or somewhere in between? Yeah, it can be extremely difficult, um, particularly as we've seen the erosion of trust in what in the past have been um, highly credible institutions and organizations, the CDC and the World Health Organizations and others. Um, and it's been easy in a sense, although it's been not without merit, for hospitals to look to other health authorities to say, look, if it's good with the CDC, it's going to be good with us because we trust them and you can trust them. Um, as that has eroded, the bar for hospitals and other health care providers has become higher which is why we have to do something we haven't done in the past, really, is to build our own standards and our own processes so we can say, yes, it came with the CDC's approval, but in addition to that, here's a, here's a group of clinicians that you know that you run into in the grocery store who have also examined it and who have said it's good for them and their family, so it's going to be good for you. And we can expect um, that, that despite all of that, the politicization is still going to happen. The, the timing of the vaccine raises its own kind of political issues, whether it's intentional or not. We also see um, it's not just hospitals whose trust has been elevated. It's physicians and nurses whose trust has been elevated. Our hospitals are in a difficult place of having to balance all those things at the same time. Have you showed these findings to health system clients? Can you share some of their reactions? Their interest in the vaccination issue is high. Um, in a particular note, we work with a number of physician leaders, and to a person, 
the physician leaders have said, I don't want to be the first or second or third person in line to get the vaccine. We need to be sure the criteria has, has been, uh, you know, thoughtfully managed in this. We want to be sure that the outcomes are right. And so it's something we're going to watch. And, and for our clients, it's, it's, a, it's a policy question for them because many of them require vaccinations for the flu for their staff. It's a term of employment. So are they going to require this vaccine? Not sure. Uh, that's going to be one of the first questions they're going to have to answer for themselves. It's not just the way that hospitals communicate with the public that's important, but also how they communicate with their staff and providers. Because as Gerard results show, healthcare workers have lower trust in the safety of going to get care in medical settings. And while 53% of Americans said they were extremely or very likely to get a vaccine, just a sliver more, 57% of healthcare workers or their family members said they were extremely or very likely to get a vaccine. So what do hospitals need to do to address these trust and safety issues? And how important is it that healthcare workers both trust and think the system is safe? I think it's fundamental for, to our long-term success because without our nurses and doctors, we don't have, we don't have the healthcare organizations. We've, we've got to start there. Um, it's also important because our nurses and physicians and techs and all the people who provide care are exhausted. I mean, the level of fatigue um, is truly a significant business problem for our organizations. Um, and that feeling of uh, unease, the feeling of not being safe, is a contributor to that level of fatigue. I, I think there's also a sense that we were all so working so hard and we're all in this together that we sometimes assume as administrations or leaders of an organization that people know more than they do. That naturally it's safe because we're doing all these things and naturally it's secure because we've taken these steps and we've invested these monies and we bought this equipment. And often we find that the, that the people on the front line don't know that or they've been told it and they've forgotten it. When there's a rule in politics, you've got to tell somebody eight times before somebody gets it the first time. So you have to wear yourself out telling that story so everybody absolutely gets it. Then the other is, there's a bit of a theater to safety. People had to have to see it. They have to see that the chairs are distanced. They have to see that the registration desk is, has that no contact. They have to see the different doors of entry. They have to see the wipe downs. People will feel better, and if they'll feel better, they'll think they are better off, as you want them to be. And ultimately, this is important because the, the credibility of nurses and doctors is so high that whatever they say into the community will rule your message. So if you're thinking about returning to care and you bump into a physician at the produce section of your grocery store and you say, is it really safe to go back? And the doctor says anything but absolutely you're, you're going to question whether it's safe to go back. Another finding of the survey was that people reported very high trust levels in nurses, doctors, and hospitals, especially when compared to other institutions like the government. And that, of course, means that providers have an advantage. How does Gerard recommend they use that advantage or keep that advantage? Yeah, step, step one is don't screw it up. Um, by, by which I mean um, there is a high level of visibility that comes with that trust, and trust is very fragile. Uh, the media scrutiny that hospitals, particularly not-for-profit hospitals, were already receiving prior to the pandemic, it's coming back, right? As the world settles into whatever it's settling into, 
um, and strange and high COVID bills or mistreatment of patients or taking patients to court or any of these other elements that were already sensitive issues prior to the pandemic, they're all coming back. Um, there was some excuse maybe for health systems prior to this not being aware of some of these things and are being so big and having such a vast population um, that they weren't paying attention to these things while they're paying to, uh, attention to others. There's no excuse now. I mean, we, we, we see it coming. We all see it coming as an industry. You can't help but uh, watch the national media and, and Kaiser Health News and some other publications and see that scrutiny coming. We have no excuse not to have done our own internal audit about our practices, about our policies, and be ready to answer those questions when they come. But before we have to answer the questions, to have treated our patients appropriately across the board. I think that's the work for us now. That was David Gerard, CEO of strategic communications company Gerard Phillips, Kate and Hancock. You can check out the full report about their survey results online at gerardinc.com. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.